You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Hey, New Song Students. I hope you are enjoying these extra snow days you have. I know I'm freezing, but I'm glad we still get to do online service and we get to continue in our XO series. I don't know about you, but I'm just really enjoying learning about relationships and reminding ourselves like how we can do relationships God's way. Um, that there's a level of relationships maybe we've been living in, but there's a better way out there. And so we're kind of been learning over this series how to do that. And so I want to continue that on tonight in um, week three of our series and just learning how we can have better relationships in our families and our friends and even in those dating relationships. And so I want to remind you what Pastor Jackson talked about our first week. And he started us off with talking about that it starts with me. Talking that, you know, before we ever really get into relationships, we have to deal with some lids in our hearts and and deal with some stuff before we enter those relationships or we can cause some harm if we're carrying like unforgiveness or pride or lust or things like that. We got to deal with that and start with ourselves. And so I want to continue with that thought process and talk about that it started with me, but now it's me and you. And we're going to look at the story in Mark chapter 2 about a group of friends, and I think they teach us how we can do relationships right. Um, And I would encourage you guys as you're playing in the snow the rest of the week that you take time to go back and read this story for yourself and see like if there's something special God wants to say to you. Or um, also read the other versions, like in Luke chapter 5, I believe it is, and in Matthew chapter 9. Go back and read those takes and see if there's something else that you get from it. But for tonight, we're going to look at Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. So it says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. These are the group of friends I really want to focus on tonight. They're our role models for us. But it continues in verse 4 that they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. And the story kind of goes on with that man actually being healed uh, by Jesus. And it's a really cool miracle, a cool story. But why I love this story for our series is because I think it shows um, how to do relationships right. I think these group of men just model for us what it looks like um, to have a friendship. And I think we can even carry that relation, those um, relationship goals over into like our family or over into a dating relationship. And I think they teach us how to do this concept of a right relationship. And what I mean by that is a relationship that God would want to be a part of. To me, when I say a right relationship, it's a relationship that does it God's way. And so I think specifically they teach us three different things that we can look at and apply in our own life. 
So the first thing I think these friends teach us is that right relationships don't focus on the immediate options, but they look to the end goal. So if we look in those uh, back to Mark chapter 2, we understand like if, if you even look at your Bible, the title of the story is that a paralyzed man was healed. So that is the goal in this story. These friends want to get their friend to Jesus and they want him healed. And so that's the goal. But as you're reading through the story, you understand that as soon as they get to the town and get to the house where Jesus is at, that their goal is basically interrupted, that they get there and the house is already packed with people so much that people are spilling out into the street, that they're coming out of the door and there's literally no room in the house to squeeze their friend in. And so right there we understand that their end goal doesn't really seem possible, that there's another option. And when I was reading the story, it hit me that honestly, it would have been really realistic for those group of guys to, to look to their friend and be like, Fred, and I don't know, Fred just sounds like a good name to me, but like Fred, we tried, we really wanted you to get healed today, we thought this was your day, but we got here a little bit late and there's just literally no way we can get you to Jesus. And they could have turned away that day and decided, you know, we just got to try another day. And honestly, like that would have been realistic. That was literally what they walked into and it didn't really seem like there was another way. But the Bible says in Luke chapter five that they looked for alternative options and finding no alternative options, they end up having a plan to go onto the roof. And, and this story continues that the man actually was healed because of that decision to go through the roof. And so their end goal happened, but it only happened because they ignored the other immediate options that were in front of them and they pursued their end goal. And I think about what that would look like in our own relationships that, you know, Am I always focused on the end goal in my relationship or do I get distracted sometimes with some immediate options? Um, like I think about our family life, you know, I, I don't think any of us wake up and decide, you know, I just really want to have a miserable family life. Like I just can't wait until I get in a really big fight with my parents. Like they asked me to do the dishes and it's the third time they've asked me this week. And so I'm going to give them an attitude and I just like can't wait for that moment. Like, I don't think any of us sit there and think that we usually have the end goal. Like we want to have peace. We want to get along with our parents. We, we want to just enjoy our time at home. But sometimes we get faced with an immediate option of giving an attitude of just being tired from doing schoolwork during the day or your siblings have been irritating you all day. And, and it seems like it was their turn to do the dishes, but your mom's griping at you for it. And so it's a perfect moment to give an attitude. But if you choose that, that will forfeit your end goal of having a peaceful home and a peaceful relationship with your parents. And that seems like an easy thing or like a, a silly example, but I, I think honestly, we do that in a lot of different ways in our relationships that we want this end goal, but we just always choose these other options because they're in our face or they're easier. But when we do that, we can forfeit the end goal we actually want. So number one, I think they, these friends teach us right relationships. They focus on the end goal. 
I think number two, what these friends teach us is that right relationships are willing to put in time and effort. Um, and I love this point because this is what I think drives the story home. Because we read the story super fast, right? It was five verses and, and it's over. But the reality is this story was felt in their lives a lot longer than five seconds. It took a lot of time and it took a lot of effort for this situation to actually happen. I want you just to take time just to really think about like, what if you were one of these friends? Logistically, like logically, what would that have looked like for you to get your paralyzed friend in front of Jesus? Right, going back to Luke chapter five, like we talked about in verse 19, it says, they decided to go to the roof after finding no alternative options into the house. So that tells me that day they didn't go anticipating getting onto the roof, which means they didn't have a ladder to make it easy to climb to a roof. They didn't bring with them like a rope to tie around their friend so that they could bring him on the roof. And they didn't have tools with them to make it easy to dig through the roof and remove roofing tiles or whatever the roof was made out of. They didn't have any of that equipment with them because they didn't anticipate it. So that tells me they had to put time and effort in that moment to figure out a plan to make this happen. So maybe they looked around and, and they noticed they were all wearing like these outer coats. And so they all decided to sacrifice them and take them off and tie them together and make like a makeshift rope to tie around their friend. And then they extended time and effort by collecting objects around the town and they began to stack them one on top of the other until somebody climbed up and got to the roof. And then they spent time and effort of pulling their friend up onto the roof. And, and just think about this, like this paralyzed man was paralyzed. So like I don't go to the gym as much or as all, like at all that I need to. <laughs> I need to learn that lesson. But I am told that people who go to the gym sometimes they will lift heavier weights than they can. And they will get a friend called a spotter who will be there to kind of help encourage them and help be there for safety or assistance to make that heavier weight possible for them to lift it. Well, this paralyzed man was not that. He could not spot them. He could not help them in any way. He was literally like a dead weight. So he was fully incapable, even if he wanted to, he physically could not help these friends get him onto the roof. And so they are having to extend a lot of effort and a lot of time to carry their friend up. And now they finally get him onto the roof and now they have to dig a hole in the roof. And again, he's paralyzed, lying flat on a mat. So he can't bend into a ball and make himself really small and make it a smaller hole that they have to dig. It's a large hole because he's paralyzed and can't move. And so that's more time, more effort to dig a hole in a roof. And I don't know about you, but I've never been in a house where someone starts digging a hole in a roof. But I imagine if I was, I probably would have reacted. I probably would have said some things. I probably would have at least stared and at least noticed the commotion going on and a lot of Bible scholars think that the house actually belonged to one of the disciples. They think it belonged to Peter. 
And if you look at anything about Peter, he was crazy and he was always known for like saying stuff. And so I'm pretty sure Peter would have been saying something, especially if it was his house. Like, you're not just going to rip a hole in my roof and I'm not going to say nothing about it. Like, I'm going to say something. But they were willing to then put time and effort to ignore what other people's advice was. You know, there's a lot of people's opinions in the world today about what relationships look like. But are you willing to put in time and effort to push past their opinions and do it the right way? Do it the way you know God wants. Um, these friends had to then put time and effort to actually lower their friend in front of Jesus. It says they carefully lowered him. So they didn't just like, get to the hole and then just dump him there. Um, they wanted to make sure he got to Jesus carefully and safely so that there was like only one miracle that Jesus had to do. Um, so they took time and effort is the point. And I think, you know, am I willing to do that in my relationships? Am I willing to put in time and effort? Um, in my own life, I've definitely have not been perfect in relationships. Me and Emmanuel have not been perfect in our relationship, but I think one thing that I cherish in ours is that we did put time in our relationship. We were friends for four years, and we dated for four years, and we were engaged a year, and then we've been married almost six years. And the number doesn't necessarily matter, but the idea that time was put in, and we didn't rush seasons because we wanted the end goal so bad. Uh, the end goal is fine and it's perfect, but you need those starting positions in order to really understand the end goal. Like I love being married and I definitely don't want to go back to the friend zone, but the friend zone was important. It was an important step to get to the dating zone. And if I would have rushed the friend zone, we would have missed out on some things and maybe we would have picked other people um, just because we liked how they looked, but really they didn't have any other qualifications. But because we rushed getting to know them, we didn't see those red flags right away. Or we didn't um, understand that this is not really my person. Maybe they could be a friend, but they're definitely not someone I need to give more of my heart to. And all of that only comes when you're willing to put time and effort into the situation. And uh, there's a, a guy in the Bible named Jacob, and it says that he worked for his girl for four, uh, 14 years. I almost said four, um, but 14 years. And I just think like some of us can't even wait 14 seconds for a relationship or for a friendship or even 14 seconds of waiting for our parents and walking through forgiveness and grace with our parents or our siblings. We're very impatient sometimes. Um, but when we're impatient, sometimes we actually end up forfeiting the relationship we want because we aren't willing to put in time and effort. I think the third thing these friends teach us is that right relationships are willing to not just worry about your need, but they think about other people's needs. And so before we really kind of talk about this point, I want to just give like two caveats of what I'm not saying. So I'm not saying that like your needs don't matter. Your needs matter for sure. You're not called to be a doormat. You're not called to like not address any of your concerns. But if you really are doing relationships right, then it can't just stay with you. You have to extend beyond yourself and start looking at the other side of the relationship. 
I'm also not saying that in your effort to meet other people's needs that you have to meet all of their needs, that you're responsible for that. Um, if it doesn't line up with what the Bible says or with what scripture says or even with um, God's timing, going back to the second point, then you're not responsible for those things. That is someone else's um, problem or someone else's timing that they need to figure out and learn, but you aren't responsible for those things. You're responsible for what God is saying and what, what God is backing up in his word. You are also ultimately not responsible for the need itself. If we look back to our story in Mark chapter 2, those friends did their part. They got their friend to Jesus. But ultimately, the reason this man was healed was because Jesus healed him. So, yes, you have a role to play in your relationships. But ultimately, the need gets met because of God. But that need is met with God because we do our part. And so our part um, is to extend beyond ourselves and to think about other people. And so for me, when I was starting to think, you know, what does that mean in relationships? I, I thought about my own life that one of the biggest areas that I feel like I have a need in is I want really good friends. I want friends that can look at me and they know my weaknesses and they still love me through them that they're friends who are willing to like randomly text me on a random Tuesday just to say that they were thinking about me. And I want friends that um, they're willing to do life with me. They're willing to not just see me in passing, but they make appointments to interact with me. But I honestly struggle with being that kind of friend to other people. And it's something I have to work on all the time. And I think, you know, when was the last time I was a friend like that to somebody else? When was the last time I thought, you know, as much as I want to be loved, don't I think they want to be loved that much as well? Like when was the last time I extended grace to someone? When was the last time I was willing to forgive someone? Like I know I need forgiveness. I think a lot of times we get so focused on what we want out of a relationship and those needs are important. But we never take time to think about other people's needs. These group of guys, we don't know anything else about their life. The only thing we know about their life is in, this, in these five uh, verses. But I could imagine, obviously, that their life extended beyond this, this moment. That they had needs of their own. They have lives outside of their friend. But they decided that day that the most important thing was getting their friend to Jesus and meeting this need. And I think we need to do that as well in our relationships. If we really want to do relationships right, we can't just focus on ourselves. We have to extend beyond that and reach to the other side of the relationship. Um, there's a couple of verses I think that speak really well to this point. Um, Proverbs 18.24 says, There are friends who destroy each other, but real friends stick closer than a brother. John 15, 13 says, No greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. And Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says, um, Love your neighbor as yourself. It's God's commandment for us um, is to love God and love others. And I think 
if we really want to do relationships right, if we don't want to have bad relationships and we don't want to settle for just good relationships, but we want great relationships, we have to do relationships God's way. And doing that, what these friends show us is right relationships are ones that focus on end goals. They are ones that put in time and effort, and they're ones that worry about other people's needs. I think if we can do that in our life, whether it's with our family or our friends or our dating relationships, we're going to see our relationships just be so much better and be all that God wants for us. Amen. I just want to pray for you guys, and, uh, and we'll close out with that tonight. God, I just thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you love relationships, that you designed us to have relationships with family, with friends, and with dating. Um, but you don't want just good relationships for us. You want the best. God, I pray that even right now, the areas that maybe we struggle in putting in time and effort, or maybe we struggle with keeping the end goal in mind, or we struggle with meeting other people's needs. I pray that you would show us how we could do better, that you would give us insight, and you would just be with us as we learn to do relationships right. We just thank you, Lord, for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.